Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Uh, happy tax day. Oh, um, happy, I guess. <laughs> yes. Actually, my tax day was probably about a month or so ago. Quit, so. quit bragging. Quit bragging. Did you already get yours done yet? No. No, I haven't. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, what are you so grumpy? No, I got one of those extensions because I, got, oh, okay. I have until October. I'll, I'll, I'll right. get it done next week. I just, okay. uh, I, I'm kind of like the guy that shops on Christmas Eve, you know? Yeah. Same thing with taxes. Yeah, I, I so I put types. it off and put it off and then I realized I've run out of time. So <laughs> I filed an extension. All right. Good All for right. you. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, good morning, everyone. Happy tax day. And I don't mean, I guess that is kind of a joke. Um, we have so much to get to this morning, but starting with the expulsion of a representative here in the state of Arizona and now the district in which he represented, speaking their minds yesterday and nominating three new people, one of them being Liz Harris herself, who was expelled just last week. And so um, Liz Harris spoke yesterday. She spoke with AZ family before the vote and what happened. I'll get to the votes in a moment, but I want you to hear um, what Liz Harris said to uh, AZ family. These people know me. They've under, they understand me. I talk to them. I'm friends with them. I know probably about more than half their names. All right. So this is uh, Elliot Polakoff from AZ Family with a follow-up. Ultimately, it is the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors' decision to select one of the three people nominated tonight to fill that vacant house seat. So um, a couple of things. The three people that have been nominated is uh, Liz Harris, Julie Willoughby, who in her speech said she has also been the only one of the candidates that has already filed to run in 2024. She lost to Liz Harris by just a few hundred votes and a man named Steve Steele. So those three names will go. Now, according to uh, the Arizona Republic story, the County Board of Supervisors now, and I don't know this to be true. I'm doing my homework on it, but I apologize. I haven't gotten an answer yet definitively, and I have no reason to doubt the Republic's reporting here that the um, – the county board of supervisors could reject all three names and have them go back to the drawing board and give them three more names. We'll see if this happens. I don't know exactly what direction it's going to go, but I want you to hear a little bit of this. If you don't know the background on this or are not familiar with the background on this, there was a joint hearing between the House and the Senate on elections. And the chairwoman of the committee at the time was Senator Wendy Rogers. And this testimony was let in by Liz Harris, in which these accusations were made by someone that testified without any foundation in truth. That doesn't mean they aren't true. They presented no evidence of this. And according to the Speaker of the House, who we spoke with on the air after this, uh, the Speaker... Ben Toma said that she was told a month ago, if you believe that these accusations are warranted, then take them to a criminal court. Let a judge hear you. Our forum and what we are doing is not the place for this. You cannot do it here. She did it anyway a month later at this hearing. So that the all five members of the ethics committee, three Republicans and two Democrats, unanimously found that she broke these ethics rules, which led to the vote whereby an overwhelming majority she it was voted that she would be uh, expelled from the House of Representatives. So here now, District 13 is the district she represented. District 13 got together, the Republicans in District 13, because she's a Republican. She must be replaced by a Republican. They get to nominate three people. These are the three names they came up with. But I want you to hear a little bit from the story. It said outside of the center where voting took place, Harris supporters waved flags and used bullhorns and shout reinstate Liz Harris. Several others yelled at news media and argued with each other about which candidates to support. 
They said the unfounded claims of bribery of a host of elected officials, including the Republican House Speaker, need further investigation. Those claims originated from a divorce and child custody proceedings. So um, I would say to you, that's I think that's a good idea. If you've got serious allegations like this that have been made against someone, there should be further investigation. I am all in favor of that. But what I'm not in favor of, and this is where the problem lies for me, is you cannot without proof say something like this. Let's liken it to a couple of different things. Um, If you – If you have neighbors and you believe your neighbors are drug dealers, you're watching traffic in and out of the house at all hours of the day and night. People just knock on the door. They're not there for very long. Kind of sketchy, shady looking people around. And you think your neighbors are drug dealers and you call the police and say, hey, I think my neighbors are drug dealers. You haven't violated any laws. You haven't done anything wrong. If you go into a public forum, if you and you accuse somebody of something and it's unfounded and you say, well, I've got this and I think it needs further investigation. You're right. It probably does. But you cannot allow testimony to be introduced in the official record of the Arizona State Legislature and have no proof. Now, um, I know that Liz Harris has told some people that there is proof and that law enforcement has the proof and they won't act on it. I don't know any of that to be true. But I do know you are putting the legislature in a precarious position. It is divisive. This is the other argument. This is what makes me angry about this entire conversation. This is from someone that's got about 20 years of volunteering within the Republican Party or or for causes that are near and dear to the hearts of Republicans. Me. Um We keep hearing from people on the inside of this. The Democrats always stick together, and they always stick together, but the Republicans aren't sticking together, to which I laugh and say, hang on a minute. Let's go back to the days of John McCain in the United States Senate when the Republican Party in Arizona censured Senator McCain. Was that the Republican Party sticking together? When I came out and I said, I don't think this audit is being done by the right people, and I don't think this audit is being done the right way, it is far too partisan in its appearance. When the 2020 election audit was was carried on, they hired someone that believed the election was stolen. They said so. They allowed a documentarian on the grounds to film a documentary that they already believed. They weren't covering the election scandal. They were already believed. They were believers that the election was stolen, and that's what their documentary was proving. So they d- allowed them to film right there. There are multiple rules that were broken. It just was a mess. That was my opinion. How many Republicans back then, and I hear it all the time on social media, you're a so-called this, you're a rhino, that that's not the Republicans sticking together. So you don't want to back my play or you don't want to back the play of somebody else that's a Republican by saying I'm not going to badmouth other Republicans. But when this happens, you lament the fact that Republicans don't stick together. So I guess what that means is as long as everybody agrees with you, they're a legitimate Republican. If they don't agree with you on any issue, They are not a real Republican and should be outcast. This is where my problem is with this. There is a huge division that continues to widen in the Republican Party. I certainly appreciate disagreement. I always have and I always will. I appreciate it when people disagree, especially within the family. That's why I like a spirited primary process. The problem is when we start treating each other like the enemy. 
And that's where the problem lies. And there are there's a lot of it that's happening right now, and it's getting worse. So I don't know which of these three is the best qualified to be named to that seat. And I don't know if the county board of supervisors aren't going to do their homework and say which of the three, if any, or if they'll ask for three more if they're able, and they'll get three more names. I don't know. And the timeline matters. You've got some time, but we've got a budget to pass. Right now, there is only a one-seat majority when the when the, that seat is filled will be a one-seat majority for Republicans. But as it stands right now, they don't have a majority. So how are they working on what's necessary to do the business of the people of Arizona? What you are getting are people that still believe that this issue of a stolen election in 2020 or 2022 is the only issue, not just the most important issue, the only issue to be debated. And every candidate that wants to run for an office in the Republican Party is judged on one thing. It's not their qualification for the job they're seeking. It's not their position on being pro-life. It's not the Second Amendment. It's not the First Amendment. It's not about states' rights. It's about whether or not you believe the elections were stolen. And if you do, what are you going to do about it? And as long as that is the number one issue inside of these tight Republican circles, Republicans are going to continue to struggle. Because you may think it's the most important issue, but the the voters in your districts do not. They think election integrity is important, but they see an important business that needs to be done in the appearances you're not getting it done. So that's, again, I know that's not going to be a very popular opinion with some people, but those are just the way it is. That's just the facts of how it is. And when people go outside of these little tiny rooms where they close the door and everybody agrees with each other and they pat each other on the back and they call themselves patriots, when you go out into the real world, you have to have conversations with other people and realize that there are voters out there that are ready to cast their vote for Republican candidates. But they're not going to cast their vote for people that are out there doing things like what we're seeing happen now. And I just hope people learn the lesson. How has Arizona's labor market changed in the past 10 years? There's a report that's pretty stunning about the growth. We'll get to it coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Sunday morning, Emma, and Sunday pass on by. I'll be working here forever, at least until I die. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, hottest ticket in town is still Suns playoff tickets. If you'd like to get registered to possibly win tickets to see Game 2, you can do it by uh, texting TICKET to 411923. Listen for your name with we uh, three times a day, 7 a.m. hour, 11 a.m. hour, and 4 p.m. hour. We announce a person that can qualify. That person wins a Suns prize pack and is in the drawing to win the tickets. If that person doesn't call, we open the phones, and one of you still could qualify. So make sure you get registered. Text ticket to 411923. So here are the numbers. I'm going to start off with Garrett Archer from ABC 15. Number of jobs added in the past year here in Arizona. About 3.15 million non-farm jobs are in Arizona. Almost 80,000 of these jobs were added in the last year. That's a rate of 2.6%. This data from the AZ Commerce Authority. So this is an increase of 30% in 10 years. 
Not only that, let's talk about the pandemic. How have we recovered from the pandemic? Arizona's jobs did recover earlier than most states in 2021. Today, our recovery rate is about 105%. So that's about 5% more jobs than before the lockdowns. Uh, Our friend Kristen Bentz has said you can see a thriving community based on beds and eds. And when there are schools and hospitals or healthcare facilities being built, that community is growing and thriving. That is kind of an indicator. Um, Over the past decade, 100,000 more healthcare jobs have been added to company payrolls. The sector with job growth of over 40,000. Retail trade, accommodation and food service, administrative and waste services, finance and insurance. Um, a major employer in the state local government is one sector with total employment of 150,000 to shed jobs over the past decade. Not a bad thing. Um, transportation and warehousing jobs alone have nearly doubled in the past 10 years. We have diversified our economy over the past decade. We have changed our tax code, the regulatory agencies. We have streamlined a lot of our systems and it seems to be helping. This is where I, I and you know, I'm not running for public office, but the people that are should be talking in ways that Americans understand. We're going to get to this a little bit later in the show about how the huge number of registered voters is changing. Young voters especially are are voting or registering to vote as independents. If the political parties don't stop talking only in platitudes of party politics, they're going to lose those voters. And I I just you get so entrenched in the way you talk to people sometimes. That's all, you know, and you think that's all that people hear. Uh, The example I would give you has to do with, let's say, sports. I'm a big football fan. And uh, so I know the game of football a little better than the average person. I'm not an expert. I was a coach years and years ago, but I love the game. When you're talking to an average sports fan, you have to figure that they probably are just that, a casual sports fan. And you talk to them. You want them in the stadium. You want them to buy the tickets. You want them to buy the jerseys and the hats and the shoes. You want all of that. But the expectation that they are going to understand the language and they are going to understand some of the terminologies. It just isn't true. And if you talk to them in ways that they don't understand, they don't understand. And I just think that politics is no different. We have got to talk to people who have very strong political opinions, are willing to vote, are willing to donate money sometimes to causes or candidates, are willing to get involved. But if they feel as if you're only speaking in code, my brother is a cop. And so is his wife. And they get caught up. I laugh at them all the time because they do cop talk, you know, and and I'm not a cop. So if you're out there as a cop, you'll get the joke because anything I'm going to say isn't even going to make sense to you. But my my uh, my sister-in-law will say to my brother sometimes. So I got called out to this thing today and the woman was signal three and it was, uh, you know, and then they start talking about all this stuff and then they realize I'm listening. So she explains it to me in plain English and not cop talk. And when that happens, you're kind of outside of the loop. I'm one of the biggest law enforcement supporters there are anywhere in the country, I would say. I don't speak cop talk. I don't understand the 10 codes, and I don't understand all the other codes that they have. And that's the way they talk when they're around each other. And they have their own individual language. Well, so much of that is happening now. And here we have an economy that is thriving. And what we have to do is capitalize on what's been done right. I'll give you an example of one of the things that's been done right for everyone. Uh, Former Governor Ducey 
and his people came up with the idea that, you know, if you have a license in another state and you move to Arizona, and this happens often, one person in a couple is transferred. Sometimes they are restationed. It's a, uh, you know, their PCS or a permanent uh, change of station uh, to Arizona because of their military service. And the other spouse or the other person in the couple has got to find a job in their world. And so here in Arizona, you bring your license with you if you're in good standing and you go straight to work. You can fulfill the requirements of Arizona licensing while you're working in your trade. That's not a rich person thing. That's not a corporate bailout. That's the average person that can go to work and do what they do. It's those kinds of smart ideas that have helped diversify and bolster our economy. Coming up in a moment, Gatos joins me. It's our Big Q poll question of the day, so please stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Hey, they better win tonight. No kidding. Yeah, who'd have thought home game would be a must win? I hear they got that bad referee tonight. Oh, the one that um, doesn't like Chris Paul? They hates the Suns. I hear that we got him tonight. Scott Foster, Uh, I guess, is his name. I was just whispered in my ear. Evil Scott Foster, if you're listening, <laughs> I'll tear your face off. I can't stand that guy. Did you, wow, that, did you see the Russell Westbrook uh, dust up underneath the, in the tunnel, like where they walk yeah. through? Did you see yeah, the I don't video? Know why, yeah, I don't know why they haven't suspended the guy. You can't just go after a fan. You know, I don't really know what the fan said. But, I do. You know, okay, what'd he say? <laughs> he, he called him Russell Westbrook because he can't shoot. <laughs> That's it. Called him Westbrick, <laughs> and so and so he said, "Watch your mouth to the fan." That's yeah. what he was saying. And he yeah. cursed out the fan with yeah. the M blanker. Yeah, yeah. That's you know what you could get suspended for that. To be honest, but don't you think after that came out? Now, don't you think as Suns fans that tonight there will be a constant chant of Westbrick every time he touches the ball? That's a good point. That's a good point. He didn't think ahead, man. He didn't think ahead. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe he kind of screwed himself. And by the <laughs> way, how do you get how how are you able to see fans on the way to the locker room? I didn't know the Suns had that. I've been there for years. I had no idea you had to pass through fans to get to a locker you room. You don't have to, but I think the way they go through, there is an there is a way to get onto the floor that goes through okay. that VIP area that's under the bleachers. It's like the very right. high elite level VIP free food, free drinks. And sometimes gotcha. the teams walk through there. All right. Yeah. Well, I know we're short on time. Here's the cue. Are you ready? It's I'm totally ready to different. Let's hear it. Uh, Go- Governor Hobbs vetoed a bill that would have let parents bring guns onto a school campus. Do you agree with their decision? Yes or no? I'm going to go with what the cops tell me. Uh, this was a good decision. Cops don't want to go into a school and have to figure out who the shooter is. Uh, I don't like the bill anyway. Um, I, what do you have to bring a gun into a school? I mean, I, I don't understand. I know you're a big gun yeah, guy. Yeah, I am. I'm a Second Amendment guy, too, but I don't know why you have to bring a gun the into only, school if you're a campus. And I don't, know, parent. I don't know what this bill specifically did, but I do know the rules are this, because I used to speak on school campuses quite a bit. You can't have a loaded gun yeah. on school campus. So when right. I would go onto a school campus, I would have to unload my gun, take the magazine out, take any round I had of ammunition inside the firearm to make sure yeah. I was legal on school campuses, which I did every single time. There I wasn't going to bring it into hard. school. I wasn't going to do any of those things, but that was part of it. And many people may be bringing guns onto school campuses thinking it's legal because it's in their vehicle, not realizing they're still in violation. I don't know if this addressed that, but that's part of it. I think if you're carrying a gun to protect yourself, you probably don't need it when there are a bunch of fourth graders yeah, around. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah.
All right, All right Gatos. Man. We'll go Suns. Go we'll talk Suns. tomorrow. All right, man. The BQ poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. We'll talk taxes in a moment.